You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 909 of the Locked On Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Rowland. Coming to you on a Wednesday evening, a little bit earlier than expected tonight because the Hawks and the Suns got postponed earlier in the day on Wednesday. And uh, instead of taking the night off, I am joined later on in the podcast for a crossover with Brendan Clean of Locked On Suns. We discuss the postponement and all of that, as well as some James Harden trade fallout because Brendan and I work together over at Dime and uh, we want to talk about it. So there you go on this fine evening. Now, before we get to Brendan, though, there is some news I want to round up. Obviously, the postponement was the head story on Wednesday First broken by Jim Wojnarowski on Wednesday morning, and it was confirmed by Sarah Spencer of the AJC, and then several members of the Hawks began tweeting in frustrated fashion uh, later in, in the late morning on Wednesday. The league announced at about 11.30 a.m. Eastern that it was postponed. Uh, I'll read the quote to you here from the league. Because of ongoing contact tracing with the Suns, the, the, the team does not have the league-required eight available players to proceed with tonight's game against the Hawks, end quote. Now, from there, obviously, this is the first postponement of the season for the Hawks. Uh, it's been touching the league, as we'll get into with Brennan in a little, in a little bit. But the Hawks actually had a, had a practice in place of the game on Wednesday in Phoenix. They're still in Phoenix now. They'll be traveling tomorrow. And then Lloyd Pierce and Kevin Herter spoke to the media after the practice. Um, there was some news out of that, though. Lloyd Pierce actually revealed, and I'll play the audio for you momentarily, that um, he came into potential close contact with someone who was exposed to COVID-19, and he was asked to isolate in the hotel in Phoenix. He did say that he tested negative and feels absolutely fine, but uh, I will play you the entire exchange so that you can hear what he had to say to the media about the situation. Coach, just your initial reaction, and because the game was postponed, do you run them harder at practice because they would be playing the game normally uh, this evening? Uh, If you can tell, I'm sitting in a hotel room. Um, I'm isolating just due to potential close contact with someone on our uh, staff that uh, got the deal. So, um, no, you know, it's it's an unfortunate situation for the game. It's an unfortunate situation across the league. I think for us, more than anything, it's just um, making sure the guys can get on the court and get some work in. You know, this, this whole season, court time is limited, so we can't afford to miss court time uh, just because the game has been postponed because that just sets us back even further. Just to follow up on that, due to contact tracing, you think because of that coach dealing with other players, you might have a, um, a situation on your hand. We might not be able to play uh, what Friday. Say that again. Just because of the contact tracing now with someone on your staff and the players, obviously he was coaching. Are you worried at all about uh, your numbers dwindling? I, I, I didn't say it was coach. Um, the contact tracing, yeah, we've identified, and I've just been one of the persons identified. So we, we've kind of we're kind of shored up and as to who has to quarantine until we get further notice. So here there that he was, uh, you know, not accepting the premise about it being a coach. Quite obviously it's somebody in the traveling parties, all that we know at this point in time that was exposed. We have not been told about a possible test or anything like that, but there, that was what Pierce had to say. As you heard there, that was the full audio from him on that. Um, after that, Sarah Spencer actually asked Lloyd Pierce about how long he could p- potentially have to be isolating. And he said, I'm quoting here until the NBA tells me I'm clear end quote. And also later on, he said, quote, we're just waiting to get information now, end quote. So he did say that the team is planning to travel to Utah on Thursday for the game on Friday. And there you go from now. But he is not 
tested positive. He's tested negative and feels absolutely fine. So um, hopefully that's just a little bit of a bump in the road for for Pierce and the Hawks. Um, actually, later on, Kevin Herter spoke after Pierce, and he said that all they know right now is that someone in the traveling party was exposed and that that triggered the contact tracing. He did indicate that they actually found out Wednesday morning about the postponement out of the blue, but that Herter did say that they were not completely blindsided because of the Wizards connection. Uh, if you listen to the podcast yesterday, I played some audio for you from Lloyd Pierce uh, answering a question from Dwayne, Rank- Dwayne Rankin from Phoenix, uh, who sort of prompted him about the potential of the uh, of the game being impacted, and Pierce didn't know anything about that at that point in time, but it was about the Wizards, and he gave an answer there that w- you could go back and listen to on yesterday's podcast. It's, I would say it's pretty instructive, but they did not know for sure, obviously, until Wednesday. And then also, Herder said they were instructed today to eat in their rooms, and that they'll be in their own rooms for the rest of the day on Wednesday, as far as he knows, until they travel on Thursday. Also, the quote that Kevin gave was, and I'm quoting here now, there were people who were not involved in practice today who usually are, end quote. So that could obviously refer to Lloyd Pierce, who's been isolated, was not a practice, presumably. But also, he's, he may not be the only one. The Hawks don't have to announce that right now until the injury report comes out on, on Thursday evening. So that'll be interesting to follow. Um, no podcast between now and the game on Friday. So I will uh, keep you updated on my Twitter, at BT Roland, if you'd like to follow up to see what's going on there. But... That's where we are right now, and uh, again, the only person that we know right now that's isolating is Lloyd Pierce because he told us on the record. But again, he t- he tested negative. Was not the only he was not the only person. Um, sorry, he was not the person that triggered the tracing at all. So Herder was frustrated as all the players were. They want to play. They made the trip and all of that. But uh, this is just kind of part and parcel for the NBA this year, and uh, that is the latest as of right now. Okay, before we get to Brennan, just a real quick but a reminder that the Hawks do play on Friday. In Salt Lake City, that's a scheduled game. And then Saturday, they go from Utah to Portland for a back-to-back. So that's the schedule for the rest of the week for the Hawks. Obviously, that we're hoping that actually happens. As we get into here with Brennan, the Suns actually had their game, game postponed on Friday already. So they were the team that was uh, impacting this. It was not The postponement was, was not about the Hawks as of what we know right now. So there you go on that. And uh, that'll be it for today on my own personal end. After a word from our sponsors, however, we'll get into a lot with Brennan. Brennan's kind of the host of the crossover podcast. You'll hear his voice after the break, and we get into, again, sort of the fallout of the, of the postponement and then some uh, James Harden talk at the end. But please tell your friends about the podcast and all of that stuff. All right, with that said, we will hear now from our friends at Headspace. We all know and understand the benefits of taking time to work on your physical self, but how about focusing on your mental self this year? Headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations and an easy-to-use app. And Headspace is one of the only meditation apps advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. So whatever the situation happens to be, Headspace really can help you feel better if you're overwhelmed. Headspace has a three-minute SOS meditation just for you. If you need some help falling asleep, Headspace has wind-down sessions that their members absolutely swear by. And for our listeners that happen to be parents, Headspace even has morning meditations that you can do with your kids. Headspace's approach to mindfulness can reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. And for me, Headspace has been crucial in helping me focus and navigate all, of, all the chaos happening in the world, both in the sports world and also in my daily life. It really is so easy, and the limited time that you need, just 10 minutes per day, is huge for me and my schedule. Headspace is backed by 25 published studies that break down all of its benefits, and Headspace also has 600,000 five-star reviews and over 60 million downloads. Headspace makes it easy for you to build a life-changing meditation practice with mindfulness that works for you on your schedule, anytime, anywhere. You deserve to feel happier, and Headspace has meditation made simple. Go to headspace.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's headspace.com slash LockedOnNBA for a free one-month trial with Headspace to 
Access all the full library of meditations for every single situation. That is the best deal offered right now. And one more time, you should visit headspace.com slash locked on NBA. Today's podcast is also sponsored by our friends at rockauto.com. Chain stores often have different price tiers for pro mechanics to do it yourselfers, but at rockauto.com, prices are the same for everyone and they're always low. Instead of the market changing prices, rockauto.com simply presents the lowest prices possible at all times. No matter what kind of car or truck you might have, rockauto.com has everything you need, just a few easy clicks, and they'll have it delivered directly to your door. And the rockauto.com catalog is also easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, the specs, and the prices that you prefer. Rockauto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or an account login of any kind. And best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always low and the same for pros and do-it-yourselfers. So why spend more for the same exact parts? Go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car or your truck, and from there, write locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you to them. Amazing selection, reliable low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com Okay, teaming up for probably the least interesting locked on co-hosted show of the day because we have a Rockets Nets podcast that I think uh, you probably will want to go listen to first, but a show that I think is worth doing nonetheless with Brad Roland here of Locked On Hawks because this is the first time I think you and I both have, the Hawks have not had a game postponed yet. Is that true? That is true. In fact, the Hawks were kind of famously one of the only teams that hadn't really been touched by this yet. The so Hawks were only the had, Suns. Yeah, the Hawks only had one had one player early on. It was Tony Snell that was in the protocol. And Tony Snell hadn't even played yet because he was actually injured at the time. So it was like nobody even noticed. And yeah, now it's all happening at once. That's basically what happened with the Suns as well. They've actually had Jalen Smith, the 10th overall pick, on the uh, health and safety protocol on the injury report. He was similarly dealing with an injury and had not didn't travel to one of the the uh, road trips this past weekend and that makes me feel like maybe being at home is actually the worst part for him and that's why he was there and now uh, so far the Suns have not um, posted anything relating to specific players but everybody is basically being put into this contact tracing protocol having just played Washington who seems to be the uh connecting link here on a lot of this now that's very speculative but many many people have tied the knot together so here we find ourselves no game on this Wednesday night I'm actually saying that sentence as tip-off was scheduled at nine o'clock eastern and uh, very weird to not it was very weird to be going to Suns games it's very weird now to not be Um, but what do you make of all this Brad does it feel like it's inevitable that every team is gonna be touched by this at some point in the next week or two I don't know if it'll be that quick, but it does feel like, and this is something I almost talked about the other day, and I, and I didn't do, I didn't, didn't do it on my show, but it feels like this is always going to happen. You know, the Hawks kind of said that today. Lloyd Pierce talked to the media, so did Kevin Herter, and they both kind of alluded to that, not directly, but there's an understanding I think around the league and talking to people that they're all prepped for games to be altered or postponed in this case. I think this is what the seventh postponement I think as of today, and then there's obviously two more already, including the Suns on Friday and. It was going to happen at some point, and I think that is a factual statement. Whether whether that's good or not is something different, obviously. There's a whole debate about whether they should, they should be playing at all. But everyone was prepared for this kind of thing. There's still some frustration, obviously, and it's going quicker, quicker now than anybody wanted to. I think the league got – I don't know if lucky is the word, but there was a little bit of um, – you know, it kind of breezed through the first two weeks or so, and people got, I think, expecting to where that was going to be the norm. And now this is going to be the norm, I think, where you might have a couple games per night postponed. 
maybe not all the time, but it was going to happen. And they are trying to be pretty cautious on these games. It feels like obviously going ahead and ruling out uh, the Suns for Friday, you know, three days in advance essentially is a pretty proactive thing to be doing. They're looking ahead and doing it now more actively ahead of time. I don't know. It's going to be interesting. It's kind of weird, obviously. And uh, we're all filling this out on our own because like we both just said, this is the first time for both of us. So I know our counterparts have had some of these games already, but you know, I'm not sure how to proceed. It's like, all right, the game's postponed moving on to Friday. It's like, it, it feels, it feels odd because the Hawks are still supposed to play on Friday and I suppose they will. And it just feels like we're all burying our head in the sand to some degree, but it's kind of the nature of the job, of the job right now. It is. And James Jones confirmed today that the Suns don't currently have any positive cases. It's, it's entirely a symptom of this contact tracing. And I, I feel like the other part of it here for the Suns is we're probably seeing Phoenix be the first sort of test subject for the new um, protocols, the more strict protocols that the league and the players agreed to on Tuesday, because it feels like we saw several situations in which playing against a team that proceeded to have positive cases wasn't necessarily immediately wouldn't mean that you had to then sit the next game or have those players not be able to participate in the next game. Like we saw Bradley Beal, who coincidentally is obviously part of the Washington Wizards. He had the the situation with Jason Tatum and he was back on the floor Monday. So um, the fact, like you said, that they're already announcing that Friday's game is going to be postponed, despite the fact that James Jones is saying there still have not been any positive cases in the Suns organization. We're seeing like, them try to be more proactive, them try to be ahead of things here. Um, Understanding that neither one of us are scientists, it feels like the NBA is being more strict with that stuff than the NFL or MLB were. Yeah, and it's also just different. I mean, this is something that people have sort of talked about, but it's worth noting that the NBA is different in the setup than baseball and football are. Football is playing once a week, largely outside, huge huge buildings all that stuff they were able to get games in but they were moving them around on occasion baseball you're doing series so you're playing the same the same team three four days in a row in the same building it's also outside and all that so the nba probably has the most difficult schedule i mean they they tried to navigate it a little bit by doing some of those back-to-back home and home kind of sets but it's really not built for this like in, in any way like especially with how small the roster is once you have a roster minimum, if you get some contact tracing stuff, which we've now seen, it starts to get dicey in a hurry as, in terms of uh, players being available. And it was interesting. Uh, Lloyd Pierce spoke to the media on Tuesday evening, and Dwayne Rankin, who covers the Suns, was on the, was on the Zoom. And he kind of asked Lloyd, like, was there any concern about the gaming postponed? And Lloyd kind of looked at him like, I mean, no, not really. He, he gave a pretty good answer. But it was because of the Wizards. And this is obviously before we knew anything about the game game being postponed. But there was some good foresight there to be like, all right, maybe there's going to be some issues here with the Wizards and the Suns now post new protocols. I'm not sure if you knew something or what, but it was interesting to kind of hear the response to that. And then, you know, maybe 12 hours later, you wake up and the game is postponed. So it's going to happen sometimes now. But I think the Wizards thing is instructive because like you just said, it's just noteworthy for people to understand the Suns have no positives right now, and and they and they now have two games postponed in a row with no positive tests, and that that's going to happen, I would say, fairly regularly at this point. And their next game is Saturday. They have a they had a home back to back against Golden State and Indiana, so the Golden State game is now postponed. I I just have a hard time imagining that Indiana game happens one day after this one that they've already decided forty hour, forty eight hours ahead of time won't happen. So we're probably looking at three consecutive for the Suns 
as a, like you said, you know, the other thing is obviously we could see them eventually have positive cases. The, the virus can take a bit to show up as somebody who was trying to isolate from my fiance while she had it. And then I eventually got it. My first test was negative. So I I've dealt with that. Like that, that does happen, but um, yeah, it, it's going to be fascinating. I just was thinking a lot today too, about all the things the NBA didn't do that we thought that they might do. And again, like understanding that there's all, all types of layers to these decisions, but we heard about a regional bubble potentially or something like that. They didn't do that. We, we heard um, very division heavy schedules and they didn't do that. If you look at the NHL schedule right now, like the Coyotes here in Phoenix, they're playing the Sharks who actually are using the Coyotes arena for their home arena two, two, two nights in a row or two games in a row. And then they play Vegas four times in a row. So the NHL is, is adopting a lot of the things that the NBA didn't do. And obviously hindsight's 2020, but it's, uh, it's just, when, when it starts to come in waves like this, I think there's going to be a lot of second guessing and criticism. And it's just a matter of the NBA sort of getting things back on track, or maybe this, like you said, it, it will just be the, the norm for the, the next couple weeks, couple months uh, until things start to steady around the country. I don't necessarily know if there's anything the NBA specifically can do to get itself out of this. You have any last thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, what you're saying is true, and the scheduling was curious. We kind of said that at the time, but it's just worth navigating that they kind of just made a regular schedule. There are a couple of, I would say they made a few tweaks to the normal schedule, notably those two-game sets, but these guys are still flying around the country. They're doing full road trips and staying in hotels, and it was, you know, it's not totally normal schedule, but it's pretty close, and the protocol uptick is certainly noteworthy, but yeah, I mean, the only saving grace, I guess, is that they have the second half schedule to still be revealed. You're going to have so many postponements to make up, and there's not a whole lot. That, they can't just remake the entire schedule on the fly in the second half either. So maybe they'll pause for a while. Who knows? But, uh, yeah, we're, we're now dealing with it for the first time. At least you and I are. And uh, the result is a, a crossover podcast between me and you, which is not so bad, I guess, on a Wednesday. Not so bad. Not so bad at all. Um, you were one of the kind hosts who allowed me a platform while I was on hiatus from the network. So uh, I'm forever... Uh, owe you for that, of course, but no, let's, uh, let's, let's jump to the other big story of the day and um, get off of the news of no basketball and talk about the basketball story that nobody can stop talking about. That is the James Harden trade. We'll do that right after this. The NBA season is here. College basketball is in full swing and the NFL playoffs are happening right now. And with that in mind, there's only one place that has you covered one place that we trust. And that place is betonline.ag. You can sign up today for free account at betonline.ag. Use the promo code locked on for 50% welcome bonus with the site. On top of the NBA getting geared up as the regular season continues with great matchups on a nightly basis, there is a jam-packed slate of college basketball games almost every night. And from there, all eyes are on the NFL playoffs with the league's biggest stars in action in the upcoming divisional round set to trim the remaining teams from eight down to four. If none of that gets you going, there's a full menu of offerings from BetOnline.ag at any sport you can think of. And BetOnline also has a huge menu of player props as well as live wagering, a ton of future bets, and exotic offerings. Do not sit on the sidelines anymore. Instead, get in on the action and don't forget to use the promo code Locked On to receive that 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit with BetOnline.ag. One more time, that is promo code Locked On for 50% welcome bonus with the site BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, closing out this Locked On Hawks, Locked On Suns crossover show with some thoughts on the James Harden blockbuster, which really sort of became the James Harden Victor Oladipo blockbuster. Um, what did you make of it happening the way that it did 
Brad. And uh, I don't know, to me, at least the Oladipo thing is really fascinating because the Pacers are a team I've spent a lot of time thinking about this year as they look like maybe a breakthrough Eastern Conference contender. And, and now they mix things up on top of this Nets thing that that shakes up the East. Yeah, so you and I do work for Dime uh, sometimes, and I, I we, were, we were actually both around last night on Tuesday when the James Harden podium debacle happened, and it all kind of felt like it was coming to a head. And then as of like Wednesday morning, it was like, oh, oh no, this is actually going to happen like really soon here. And then within a few hours, it was done. And, you know, James Harden being traded is not surprising at this point, given all of the lead up and where he ended up going is not surprising either. And that's one of the two teams along with Philly that was rumored the entire time. So all of that, not too surprising. It's still hugely noteworthy. James Harden is a top 10 player and the package is crazy. Talk about three first rounders uh, plus another unprotected pick that went out um, of from Milwaukee. And then you have the four pick swaps in a row, which is uh, crazy. So a lot of stuff happening. And then like you said, you're, you're piecing through this secondary quote unquote trade that would be a huge trade in regular life especially this early in the season to get guys like Oladipo traded in the middle of the season would be a pretty big block blockbuster deal and it's like kind of a throw-in at this point and the Pacers are good I mean I, I always underestimate them but they're a good basketball team and they just shook they just shook things up a little bit they went with a more long-term approach with Levert who's under contract versus Oladipo who's not under contract which is probably at least in my mind why, why they did the trade but that is sort of an interesting sidebar. Obviously, everyone's going to be focusing on Brooklyn and with good reason because they're, you know, going to be a title contender, quite obviously here. But the the Cavs stuff is interesting too. Like this is yeah. this is a four team deal that became really really interesting on kind of all sides. Yeah, the Cavs. It, it, the fact that it felt like a deal that came together so sort of suddenly from last night when he thanks the Houston media very pointedly as he's sort of saying goodbye to them to the point where the trade gets pulled off less than 24 hours later. And then all of a sudden, the fact that Cleveland who had not been mentioned in any of these permutations is uh, getting their sort of center of the future. in Jared Allen all of a sudden felt uh, like a surprise to say the least, but um, you're the team you cover are very lucky to have crossed paths with Brooklyn already uh, doing one of those doubleheader series. Um, and I heard some talk about how the Rockets are depleted. I actually don't think that that's necessarily true either. I think this is sort of a deal that all all sides won. Brooklyn almost has the biggest mess to figure out between whatever is going on with James Harden physically and psychologically in his own space, in addition to Kyrie Irving and all of that. So I do think it'll take a while on just about every side of this thing for things to play out. But the, the thing that I kept coming back to with regard to this deal is I don't know. I don't want to be like the, the, the Scrooge here, but it's like, it, it's just getting sort of tiring that the NBA is either like the Bucks or I guess they're not even a good example, more like the Lakers and the Nets or the Thunder and the Pelicans and now the Rockets. It's like, you're either, you would probably take these super teams to be the championship favorites in the near term. And those three completely bottomed out heavy draft pick teams as the favorites in the long term, and it's like you have to be one of those. We've, we're just really seeing the like Moryism of the NBA, like stratify really, really far on both ends of the spectrum and the middle, sort of where the where the Suns and Hawks coincidentally sit. Uh, just feels a little <laughs> bit. It feels a little bit like it's emptying out. Yeah, I mean the Hawks were pretty bad for a few years. They, they definitely did some rebuilding stuff, and they they definitely did a rebuild. It wasn't quite you know uh, process level 
uh, be as terrible as possible. They, they were obviously brutal, and now they're building back up again. That's kind of the, the kind of the natural cycle, which I totally understand. And I was actually kind of surprised, and not in a bad way, that Houston did this deal because Houston they don't want to rebuild. Famously, they have Tillman Fertitta, and he does not want to lose. Uh, there's all kinds of stuff going on there, but he, uh, without getting into that in depth, he uh, is not someone who seems like he's going to want to do a long rebuild, especially right now, uh, trying to make money and all that stuff. So getting old Depot is big for them, but you know, value wise, the Rockets get a ridiculous haul here. I know James Harden is an elite player, but if you're going to, if you're back into a corner and you kind of have to do it, you get a real guy in old Depot. If he continues to find his form, he's been pretty good this year. I was skeptical, but he looks pretty good. You can either try to re-sign him. If you don't want to re-sign him, you can probably flip him later. Uh, in a couple months, if you'd like to board the deadline. And then now you have these this massive pick hole. And by the way, you still have John Wall and Christian Wood and PJ Tucker and Eric Gordon. Like you have a basketball team still. Like that's still a decent team, which is interesting for a team that just acquired all those picks. So yeah, they're, they're definitely rebuilding, but they're not bottoming out in the way that a lot of these teams do. It's kind of like Oklahoma City last year in a lot of ways where the Thunder had all these picks, but they also were pretty good because they had Chris Paul. Yeah. And no one no one on Houston's roster is as good as Chris Paul was last year, but they're kind of like a fringe playoff team, even now on paper, in my opinion, which is impressive yeah. when you talk about having all those picks too. Yeah, that's true. I guess, you know, the point you make is a good one where even New Orleans, who I named in there as well as one of the bottom out teams, they were able to sort of um, stay afloat because of how much they got back for AD so and winning the lottery <laughs> and winning the lottery, of course. And so it's like, I guess that is a little bit of a different element to this, but um, it's just, it's just crazy. I think more than anything, how much this, the, the asking price for stars, like it was just assumed there, there really was no wiggle room. I actually think uh, all things considered the Rockets probably could have done better on the quality of picks, but the number of picks that they got was just set in stone. I mean, when Drew Holiday is getting, the type of uh, earning the type of deal that, that he did from Milwaukee and New Orleans. And then you see the, the Davis sweepstakes play out the way they did. Like it just was baked into the equation. And that, that I think is what fuels the craziest, I think sort of set off by the PG trade last summer. So, oh, wow, not last summer anymore, um, but the <laughs> yeah. summer of 2019. Uh, yeah, but I agree with you on, on Houston. I think it's going to be fascinating to kind of see what happens there with, with their new general manager, um, but what do you, uh, the big question I think we, we at least have to give a quick thought to is how these guys will fit. I mean, assuming Kyrie Irving returns to the basketball court in some amount of time and this, this trio plays together, uh, how, we've all had a lot of time to think about it, but, but where do you land in terms of now we've seen Brooklyn and we've seen what they play like now and, and adding hard into that equation? Yeah, I mean, obviously they're all in. And that's not breaking news. It has to be said, or at least made in, uh, made fun of to some degree, that the Nets, not that long ago, did a pretty similar all-in move to this and mortgaged their entire draft future, and it ended very badly. Now, James Harden is better than the guys that they traded for last time at, this, at, their, at, that, at that point in their career. Paul Pierce, but, yeah. But they did this once before, and if you look at how far these picks go out, I know the picks are not great right now on paper, but if you're trading unprotected picks in 26 and 27, like – that's a long time from now and a lot can go wrong. So uh, on one hand, you, to, go ahead. You see the tweet where it's, it said between 2014 and 2027, the hot, the, the nets made their own first round pick once. And that was Jared Allen. And he was part of this trade. I mean, I, I believe it just because of what the fallout was. And it's, 
it's admirable on one hand because they're paying a lot of money for this roster and they're all in and they're obviously trying to win. And that's what you want. If you're a fan of the Nets, like this is what you want. Obviously you're trying to win the title and now you're a contender. Um, as far as fit is concerned, you know, offensively, they're going to be awesome. Like full stop. They're, they're already really good now without Harden. And now you add in James Harden, who is, you know, even if you don't like him, he's an elite offensive player by any description. Do I love the fit of Kyrie and James Harden? No, I don't. But just pure talent wise on offense, you can get through that. I am worried about the defense. I already was with the Nets. They don't have a lot of defensive talent on this team. And Jared Allen is not like an elite defender, but he would he was helping them. And now he's not there anymore. And DeAndre Jordan uh, used to be a great defender and now can't really move. He's so, been getting DNPs, if you haven't noticed, for anybody out there who hasn't seen uh, Brooklyn lately. he's He was a DNP CD the night before this trade happened. So it's not as if he's even earned the benefit of the doubt in, from the coaching staff. They don't have a center right now. No, I mean, and that's actually, was I was actually interested to see if they were going to pull off a deal with P.J. Tucker in it as well, and that didn't happen. Because that, that would have made a lot of sense, especially with Harden, who needs to switch. Like doesn't play conventional defense very well at all in the perimeter at this point, especially his current shape. Um, but the way you, you said that made it sound like you were literally describing the shape that he is. Well, like. it, 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 sort of, <laughs> it, sort of, it sort of does apply. But honestly, they're going to have to play like Jeff Green at center a lot. And they yeah. already are. But if you have James Harden, like there's a reason why the Rockets play that way defensively. He does not play conventional defense. He, he needs to switch and use his size and physicality and all that stuff. So all that to say, without going too deep into it, defensively, I have some real questions. But offensively, you know, especially Kevin Durant can do anything, which really helps. Like we saw that in Golden State. He's one of those guys who could be in any situation. He's going to be awesome. The Harden-Kyrie thing is weird, and the whole Kyrie thing is weird in itself, whether he'll be there or not. But there's so much talent. Plus, like, they have Joe Harris. They have shooting. That'll work, I think, at a pretty high level. It's just whether, whether they can get stops. But honestly, if you're that good on offense, there's it's a pretty fascinating experiment to see if defense even matters at that point. Honestly, it's kind of crazy. I'm not too worried. There were a lot of like, I think Zach Lowe's talked about this a lot. And you know, anyone who's watched Houston, it's a question we probably all wondered about like the can, can Harden play normal basketball anymore. And, and I do wonder about that to a certain degree, just kind of like, I want to see it to be absolutely positive that it will happen. But at the same time, um, it would be, he, he's made a lot of short-sighted and maybe not super considerate decisions with his future in the past month or two, but I think it would be a, a little bit ridiculous to organize your way to Brooklyn and then not adapt to the way that that team wants to play basketball. I mean, it's just, it doesn't really seem like we saw him as quiet and maybe uninspiring as it ended up being like he gave, he seeded the floor to Russ a little bit right before the shutdown last year. We saw him do a similar thing with Chris Paul. So are they going to play like Maury Ball, D'Antoni Ball? I don't quite uh, think that's that's really in the cards here, but they have lineup flexibility. Like Durant can play center too, like you were saying. Um, so yeah, it's going to be a, a can a can a number one offense and like a number eighteen defense get you to a championship level as a team? And and what can they do at the trade deadline and all the rest? I'm a big Nick Claxton stand, so uh, that's a, that's a deep cut. I'm ready to see him once he recovers from. Uh, he had a pretty nasty injury, if I'm remembering correctly, but he should yep. be back. So let's let's hope that we get to see a little bit more of him. And we're going to be scraping the bottom of the barrel as these hastily formed star teams tend to be when they uh, when they actually see the floor together. Le- less depth than this Brooklyn team has been used to, but uh, it'll be fun to watch. I mean, it, it's like Warriors level of of like intrigue for me already i mean it's gonna be 
intrigue is a good word for it because if you just look at it at full strength, the Nets have three of the 10 best offensive players in the league on the same team. Yeah, that's that's pretty crazy. I mean, I, I've never been the biggest Kyrie fan, honestly, uh, even going back to Cleveland. I thought he was a little bit overrated at times, but you cannot deny his offensive talent. And he's playing at a really high level when he's been playing recently. And he also is kind of, um, I think, underrated playing off the ball. Like Kyrie's known for his handle and all that stuff. But he's a really good shooter. He played off LeBron effectively not that long ago. So as long as Harden comes in and is willing to be a little bit, just a little bit different than he was at the peak Maury ball, it's going to work on offense. I mean, especially when you, again, I, I don't want to overstate it, but Joe Harris is like the, the guy you would choose in a lab to be with those guys on the court yep. is Joe yep. Harris. They need, they need someone that can play defense. And I, I, whether it's Jeff Green or whatever happens at the five, but those four on the perimeter is like pretty much unguardable in every way. Well, so Katie and Kyrie are like good to sometimes better than good defenders. Katie better than Kyrie. Like they're not as bad as Harden. Oh no, Harden, and, and honestly, I think that Harden has gotten a bad rap, um, and rightfully so for everything. But the last couple of years, Harden is not the defensive player that he used to be, where he was an absolute disaster. Now this year, the effort level's been bad, but pre-pandemic, Harden was not a good defender, but he has he has some positives. He's really strong, post defense, like he's physical. He can execute a scheme. Now it was all it was all switching, and they built that around him. But he, you know, early in his career when he first got to Houston, there were, there were all the videos about him how, about how bad he was. He hasn't been that bad for a while. The problem is he might be that bad right now because of the again the size that he is and um, the effort level he was putting in. But you would you would assume, like you said earlier, that he's going to buy in on some level. And if he buys in, he isn't like all time bad defensively. He's not good, but he is big and physical, and there's stuff that you can do with that especially on a team that's going to be undersized, like having him who's not really like a traditional undersized sort of guard. Like it's not Kyrie and, and Chris Paul or, you know, two small guys. Like I, I guess there's a world in which they do size down. They do go like the Houston route from a defensive perspective. And that's probably their best path forward at this point. I don't really know how DeAndre Jordan, $10 million man fits into that, <laughs> but, uh, but I it mean, is Hart, what it Hart is. was like the four in Houston at, on defense, honestly, when they, when they were at their absolute best, and those title contending teams with with Chris Paul two years ago, three years ago now, Harden was basically the four on defense with PJ Tucker. Like you had Harden guarding bigs in their switch heavy scheme. And again, that was like very optimized. But if you have him not having to guard like the quick guy on the perimeter, he can hold up okay. Not good, but he, he I would assume if he's trying to win, and you know, a lot of times guys who are bad defenders when they have a little bit less issues offensively helps their defense a little bit as well. So that guy might be in there somewhere. We'll see. Yeah. The guy who's been, you know, dribbling hundreds of times a game, if, if he's doing a little less of that, maybe there's a little bit more energy to be given. Maybe Steve Nash is the soothsayer that Mike D'Antoni couldn't be, although we are getting a D'Antoni Harden reunion, which is sort of hilarious to me. Um, D'Antoni Harden, uh, Kyrie apparently doesn't like Steve Nash very much. Always didn't want that hire. That's been out there too. Like going well, it's already going. uh, It's already spinning. It's already spinning. And KD, I love KD, but he's not exactly someone who's never. uh, He's not always thrilled. So, yeah, could be some interesting uh, dynamics in play. Well, it'll give us a nice distraction on nights like this when our teams do not play basketball against one another. So this has been a crossover. Locked on Suns, Locked on Hawks pod. You can go check out Locked on Rockets and Locked on Nets for their thoughts on this deal. I'm sure everybody in the NBA will be talking about it for the foreseeable future. So we want to get our thoughts in. 
on a night, like I said, that there was uh, no game to be discussed. But thanks for joining me, Brad. And this was uh, this was a fun way to take our mind off things, I think. Absolutely. Good way to uh, discuss some NBA basketball. And you and I fortunately cover uh, non-Hawks, non-Suns teams on occasion. So we are uh, at least somewhat equipped to talk about this stuff. All right, guys. Have a good Thursday. And we will be back on our own separate shows for Friday.